the antecedents of disease can begin while the woman is in utero because a lot of heart disease is intergenerational and it's cultural and it's, it's a time and space phenomenon that's been set in from DNA, but it also exists from fetal programming from when the mom was pregnant of this woman. Oh, I gotta go. I've been working, told him, please don't hit my phone. I'm in my zone, bruh, just leave me alone. Was on the road, but I swear I'm coming home. Now the drinks on me, I think we need a toast. See, I did it for me. Now my old friends calling, told them nothing's for free. Told me time is money, dog, swear I paid on my fees. I was starving for this day, now my fan, they can't eat. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Couple of Nurses Podcast and this Cup of News Edition with your host, Matt, and myself, Peter. Thank you for tuning in. Just some um, housekeeping here. Make sure you guys check out us at couplenurses.com. That's our website. That's where we keep all our show notes, all our blogs, all our videos. Everything is on there, accessible. Everything couple nurse related is going to be on there. Uh, we're also on frontlinewarriorsclub.com as well. Uh, that is our sister site. That's where we keep all our mindfulness, wellness, blog posts, information. It's more of like a conscious, conscious movement we're trying to start slowly. And eventually we're going to start incorporating different types of content in there. But for now we have, we have blog posts, but it's up and coming. It's going to be, it's going to be great. Thank you for everybody that watches us on Spotify or YouTube. Also, thank you for everyone that listens to us on our podcast. If you don't know, Spotify does have a video now, so feel free to check us out over there. We actually have our merch right now, our March merch launch. Matt's wearing one of the uh, couple, couple nurses shirts that he has on in blue, and I'm wearing another one um, with a bigger X across the, the 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 front portion. Really cool shirts, both both available on couplenurses.shop. Um, we are also releasing here shortly pronto. It's a way that we are going to revolutionize and innovate healthcare, healthcare specifically for the healthcare um, professional job seeking community, you, you could say we want to develop a one place and all in one place that's going to have information regarding jobs. And those are local jobs, permanent positions, local contracts, travel contracts, anything really you would need as a healthcare professional to, to find a job. We're also going to have some housing information, transportation information, some education stuff, a lot of extra stuff because as a healthcare professional, not only do you need a job, but you also have to have a means of finding a job and getting that information. So we're trying to make it a little bit more transparent just to make sure you're getting the most bang for your buck, you could say. But what's up, Matt? How are you doing? Great. In today's episode, I'd like to introduce our guest, Isabella Bogdan. Isabella Bogdan is the owner and founder of Believe That Co. She is a women's health nurse practitioner with her doctorate. And Dr. Bogdan has a vision to intertwine traditional medicine with the holistic approach for transformational change. This is a great video for anybody that's in, it's a woman. A lot of information about yoga, women's health, diet, nutrition, exercise, and the holistic approach to be a healthier being. I'm excited for this one. Yep, let's dive in. Thank you so much, Dr. Isabella Boga, for being here. Can you give us a little bit of background about yourself, a little bit of intro about yourself? All right. So everybody knows my name is Isabel Bogdan. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Isabel Bogdan. Um, I'm a women's health nurse practitioner. So just a quick snippet. I'm originally from the Southwest and I now work in Connecticut and in the New York City tri-state area. Um, 
I've been there for about 15 years. And previously to that, like I said, I got my bachelor's and my master's and I obtained my, from University of Texas in El Paso. Mm -hmm. And then I got my doctorate from Columbia University. So it's, it's been a great adventure. Um, I started out in Texas learning all about diabetes, hypertension, and cardiovascular disease because people who are down there just are more sick. And coming up to New York City, I was hired on the spot because I was going to take care of women that are now, you know, in the heights and they're kind of like in the same realm of, of disease, of the disease process in America. So it's been a big gift for me to bring everything that I've learned from the Southwest up to New York City in a place where it's the worldwide entity of science at Columbia University. So I'm really blessed to be able to give all my gifts at the university. So I was just sharing with you that I got my yoga, my yoga certificate. And so now implementing yoga into healing women in my clinic. So it's really great. So you provide a holistic sense of medicine. And why do you think that's more important versus the conventional route that we hear so much on TV and in the hospitals? So I think that there's um, a breakdown in the conversation, right? Like anything else, there's systems. And in medicine, the number one system is time. It's get the patient in, get, get the patient out. And then you measure outcomes based on that short interval of, of time, right? So the patient came in with back pain or hair loss or high blood pressure. And medicine is designed to cure and treat within a certain time frame. So the first three months is directed towards counseling patients with diet and exercise. That fails, they come back. 15 minutes. Hi, how are you? It, you failed. Diet and exercise failed you. You're now on a hypertensive medication. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Come back in another three months. So uh, diet and exercise failed. Medication failed. You come back in three months. Guess what? Blood pressure is still not, not helping. It's not treated by the medication. What do you do? You give more medicine. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's not treating your medication. Now we got to add another antihypertensive. Congratulations, right? So we never got down to the root cause. And that's why it's so important that when you come into these visits with a physician, you have to get down to the root cause. And that's why conventional medicine is failing America because we're not getting down to the root cause. Why do you think the majority of healthcare professionals and physicians and nurse practitioners and people that, that assess uh, uh, patients, why do you think there's a disconnect from fixing the root cause and just automatically saying, hey, you failed and not worrying about so much of the subjective information, but just saying, hey, you failed. Now you have to do now you have to deal with this medication. Why is just a big disconnect uh, from that when it's kind of like almost something so obvious to a lot of people? Because there's no time to counsel. Mm -hmm. There's no time to get to know the individual. There's no time to sit down and be like, hey, how are you? Mm -hmm. How's your day? How is your work life? Because work life balance is what's going to help to decrease your numbers, right? Mm -hmm. oh, I'm having problems with my husband. I'm having problems with my kids. My kid just got diagnosed with being on the spectrum. I have to now add another four hours of work because of COVID. I can't cook. So it's like that part of the lifestyle wasn't added on to the actual problem. And so you just keep in, in actual conventional medicine, you just keep on prescribing and adding another antihypertensive because you don't have the time to treat the root cause. And so if you don't take the time to understand why the patient is coming to you sick and help them and give them techniques and give them coping mechanisms and skills, you're never going to be able to treat. So basic things that you can do is go 
back to step one and understand why it is that the patient is not seeing value in diet and exercise because that's the number that's the number two things that number one is going to be your food food is your medicine so why is there no value if i'm going to give you a medication a pill which is kind of synonymous to food where, where are we disconnecting right so the so you really have to get down to understanding the psyche of the client mm. yeah I love where this conversation went. And one thing that stands out is education, which bridges a lot of disparities as far as socioeconomical and, and all that. And that ties into the same thing with education. Our, for example, school system didn't teach us how to cope with our emotions and how to do that. So we grew up not knowing. We know the rational side of things, but we're not using our emotions to fix problems or we add on to it. So same thing here with our patients is we're not bridging the gap in education. and. Uh, even in the hospital, you're always skipping that part sometimes because there's so much other things that are priority where you're never leading to education. That's a very important uh, point. Uh, but also going back to the whole yoga certificate, we're un uneducated in that part. So what is 200 hours? What did it teach you like a valuable lesson that you learned from yoga that, that you're so, applying to holistic yoga. health? Yeah, so I've been doing yoga all my life since I was 18 years old. And I thought, eh, I'm just going to get a yoga certificate. That's going to help me kind of so yoga, the, the, the meaning of yoga, yoga means yoke, and it means bringing it together. And when you look back at the science and the history of yoga, it's just, it's all the sequencing. So it's not just one move. It starts with mind, body, and the breath work. And so when you tie all that in during that one hour of being into yourself, because there's a lot of internalizing and the sequencing is created to start with standing and then you end lying. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're tying everything in and it's it's a spiritual amazement to to connect the different. Um, so there's the niyamas. Those are the rules of yoga. And it's like a whole it's, it's a whole open library. It's a it's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And in yoga, there's rules that you have to abide by. So diet and exercise are the number two rules. And there's other spiritual rules that you follow, just kind of like the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's kind of like it, and it's mind body. So how this was built was back in those days is that um, these sages were looking at the body and they made sense of time and space and movement. And so, I mean, this has been written since the archaic times. And it's mm -hmm. like now it's, it's part of healing because you're teaching people how to breathe and you're teaching people to disconnect from your stressors at that point in time. And when you're actually going through the movements, um, if, I'm not sure if you're into yoga. But you actually connect with pains that were brought to you during the week or during the day. And you carry tension in certain parts of your body that you weren't even aware of. And when you hold a certain pose and when you release a certain pose, those tensions create um, recollections of that time, space, modality of when you actually were thinking about something that was stressing you, like at work, like you're on the desk and you're like charting mm -hmm. or whatever. And so you start to break free from that when so, you do the yoga. Yeah. So it has that energy in it, like that energy information that gets released in yoga. It's amazing. Wow. You, you release, you release the energy, you start sweating, you understand the mind body, the connection of the breath and you walk away. So you don't tell your students all of this because mm -hmm. it's a theory. It's not like you go in like you know, like when you learn how to give an IM injection, you don't tell your, your, your patient, oh, I'm going to give you a injection at a 90 degree angle mm -hmm. and 45 degree, right? You don't, you don't walk, but you walk through it and you know what you're doing. Right. So a good yoga instructor is going to know their client and they're going to individually address 
the needs of the client based on how they look, how they how they breathe. Is the breathing shallow? Do they do their does their face look stressed? Why are they carrying a crease here? Right. So you like a good instructor will take a look at all of that, and then you start to unfold. Mm-hmm. And it's very it's very purifying. It's detoxifying. It's um it's an amazing it's an amazing exercise. But just let leave alone yoga. It's it's the breath work. Mm-hmm. It's the expansion of the heart and what's happening with the cardiovascular system. And when that happens, you're also opening up the channels to your brain. And so depending on how you sit, the vagal nerve will also send messages to your organs. So if you straighten your vagal nerve, so yoga and what people want to tell you is how important it is to keep your vagal nerve straightened and, and not straightened, but your vagal nerve um, disciplined. Mm. Right. So, and, and the vagal nerve will control the parasympathetic and the sympathetic system. So we're getting into neurology now. And so when that happens and there's a disconnect there, then you have other issues with depression, anxiety, food disorders, um, substance abuse, depression, I already said depression. You start having issues with weight gain, weight loss, hormone imbalances. Um, you can't keep your thoughts straight. You're bouncing from one point to the other and just everything is just like all over the place and you can't keep a straight line. And if that's the case, then your life is going to be chaotic. And if your life is chaotic, then you're going to end up in the disease process so much faster. Mm-hmm. Right. So we go back to the day to day. Oh, my kids are driving me crazy. Their schedules are, are driving me crazy. My work schedule is crazy. You don't have a chance to reconnect with yourself and say, oh, I need some self-care. I need to drink water. I need to sleep a little bit better. I need to go to bed at 1030 because life is so chaotic and your and your circadian rhythms are so out of whack your hormones become to become imbalanced, your cells don't get to work the way they should, and then you become a process of disease. Does that make sense? I mean, 100%. That's and then pretty powerful. soon, you know, your kidneys are overactive, your heart rate is overactive, your body's just like all over the place. Then we go back to the chakras, mm-hmm. right? Because it's your pituitary gland, it's your thyroid gland, it's your pancreas, it's your stomach. Your stomach has so many more neurons in your actual brain. So when all of that is out of whack because you're so stressed and your life is so chaotic, we go back to the vagus nerve. The nerve, the vagus nerve is so misaligned. It's like it's just like misfiring. Um, really, like a hypertensive medication is going to help you. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, like you got to get it all together. So this is where yoga helped me to reconnect my patients and say, let's first start with the breath. Mm-hmm. Let's first start with honoring ourselves and honoring our time here. So I only have 15 minutes to see you. Let's talk about this quickly. And so because I can fire it off really fast and I understand and I look at like first things first things first I ask how's your home life? How do you how who do you live with? Mm-hmm. How supported are you? How do you feel at home? Who helps you at home? Oh, I'm the primary breadwinner, or I work two jobs, or I'm a stay-at-home mom. I can already assess stress levels there for women, mm-hmm. right? So, so it's 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 a great it's a great technique to have, a great background to have, mm-hmm. and it's a great way to teach people how to like breathe their way into mm-hmm. health, if if at all that can be used. Yeah, I love the way you describe yoga. You describe it in a very beautiful way. It's almost like when you're talking, it's almost like if, you, if I was to picture a truly holistic exercise that works the mind, body, and the soul. It's almost what, what yoga is. You bring yeah. self-awareness, you better yourself physically, emotionally, uh, spiritually. 
And what's, yeah. and what's interesting about this ease, just like you said, is your body is at ease. So wherever you have this energetic blockage that you're noticing in yoga, you're able to release it. And when I think about yoga or of what I thought about it in the past, a lot of people think you're just trying to be mindless and not thinking, think about anything. So technically in your practice, did you notice that when these blockages are coming up, that thought comes into your uh, yoga session? It's not a mindless exercise. It's more about troubleshooting what went on throughout the week. And it's like this whole spiritual practice, like you said. I encourage my students to stay, stay very mindful because when you're mindless, you're going to get hurt. Hmm. When you're just going through the motions, you're going to get hurt. You have to be breathing and you have to be connected and you have to lengthen, lengthen your neck, feel your, your shoulders broaden, sit mm -hmm. on top of your, of your hips, feel the backs of your knees open and almost breathe through your feet. And it's like so amazing when you see all of that and you combine it all. And I have patients that come in completely hypertensive women who are in their twenties and I do a blood pressure and it's like 180 over 90 and that's already like hospital numbers. Mm -hmm. But if I walk them through the calming, I can decide if that's true anxiety or if it's actual disease. Mm -hmm. There's some patients that do have white coat syndrome. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really good to just walk them through and then you can tell, you can touch people's energy levels with yoga. You become, you become a whole different provider, a whole different spiritual connection takes place. So that's the 200 hour. The 300 hours more intense, the 300 hour will get you into restorative mm. and will almost help you to um, help patients sleep. You go into the Nidra, the Nidra practices sleep. Is that like and Reiki already? It's not. Reiki is very different because okay. it's same same home, but different, different area of, of practice. Did you say yo um, yoga Nidra? Yoga Nidra. Is that the one where you become aware of like every single thing in your body, like your fingers and stuff like and your toes? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've done that one before. And, yeah. and it's used to like calm you mm -hmm. and bring you into sleep. Mm -hmm. So you use Yoga Nidra at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember, I, remember I used to go outside Long Beach at night. Uh, like night, I, used, I used to do that. I used to do the Yoga Nidra back in the day. That's yeah, that, cool. that was real cool. So with all your, your, your time working with, uh, with females, uh, women, um, what's like the most common disconnect that, that, that you found between uh, females like mental health and physical health? Oh, there's a lot. Mm. There's, um, I think that I'm so grateful for social media because you know, social media gives uh, validity to what I tell patients. And, you know, before I had to pull out like a study or the evidence behind everything of what I'm saying. And I, you know, I take care of pregnant women during the week at the university. And then in my practice, I take care of women, uh, you know, throughout the stages of life, ages 12 to 95. And so the value of meditation and connecting with the self is one of the most um, undervalued. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we need to bring that back, the idea of the self and spending time with yourself in a sitting position in a quiet place for 10 minutes because we don't spend enough time with ourselves in quiet. And you need to understand the thoughts and you need to dissect your thoughts. When you can understand your thoughts and you can understand like where you're going to go next while you're sitting, um, you're going to you're going to find so much more value in your day to day. And I, I encourage all of you to do that once a week. You should be doing it every day, but once a week because it's going to be a big eye-opener you won't be able to sit there for 10 minutes you're going to want to go somewhere mm -hmm. oh, yeah. especially when you're talking to the generation that's 50 plus they don't believe in it they think it's wasting time 
Uh, I even try to educate my parents about it. They just laugh yeah. at it. Yeah, so even, hopefully even the, like a lot of the younger kids too. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a huge disconnect. So hopefully the millennials and this inner, um, they're tapped in more into their emotions. And I see mm -hmm. that already versus our generation of just hard work. They completely discarded that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very, yeah. I'm not, I'm trying to think like, like when did the disconnect like happen? Like was there like a point in time where we, where, where do we, stop valuing uh like holistic care and really going down to the basics like diet and exercise to go into this uh one-stop shop pill method and keep putting a band-aid over it yeah like i wonder what point in history made us f like flip the switch to this one one pill solves all our problems method so since we're talking about yoga and chakra yesterday late night i um always dive down the rabbit hole of reddit and different things and uh, somebody was saying that there's like, you know, there's like a war on your mind Well, there was supposed to be a war on your fourth chakra. And supposedly if you're fourth, you probably know better than me, but this is what I got from the, the article that the fourth chakra is kind of bridging the spiritual and the body of the physical. Mm -hmm. So if that chakra is out of balance, you're, you have like this download of information that you're getting, but it's not being received by, by the body. And that's why uh, practices like that are important. I could just be totally wrong. <laughs> So there, so there's different ways of looking at the chakras. It could be top to bottom. Some people look at it from bottom to top. Um, but I like to go from top to bottom because the crown chakra, which is like the purple one when you look at the colors, it's, um, it's the one that's connected. So if we look again at the vagal nerve, the, and, and you look at, and we're getting very spiritual here. Sorry, guys. No, um, but the way that the world works, you look at sunflowers and trees and circadian rhythms and you look at the sun everything's at the top right so we wake up the sun rises everybody wakes up sunflowers and then we have seasons but everything is towards the sun everything points towards the sun and so when you look also at the astros you also have venus and mars and so everything points up so you would technically have these powers these forces these electrical energies that are coming down to us from the sun from above from the atmosphere that control us that control our emotions so this is why astrology is such a thing there's no evidence behind it but if you look at the full moon we just had a full moon right now and there's tides and the tides control the way the water flows and so if you look at that in in the phenomenon of nature you're going to have also um a differences in, in the way that women can might change. Pregnant women might go into labor a little bit more frequently. Um, and there might be more changes in just the way the water moves on earth. And we're 75% water, hmm. right? So there's all this, like this, there's this natural phenomenon that's happening that we're not in touch with anymore. So when you look at the painting of Leonardo da Vinci, where it's like the angels about to touch God, and it's like yeah. a, it's, it's like a, it, there's a break in that moment in time yeah. so it's kind of like we've lost touch with ourselves i actually have that painting in my in my uh, living room in my condo like right when you walk in you get that you get hit with that photo when you walk into the really room. yeah yeah i do yeah <laughs> that's a beautiful illustration so we're we need to get in touch and have you realized these trends in women or what are like significant things that stand out to you that we need to tackle in women's health right now so we were talking about cardiac disease and it's heart health month and it's, you know, it's every February it's heart health month and the American heart association and go red, they create this huge campaign to bring awareness, but awareness is only good 
when when as as is it's only good but it's limited by its action right so you need awareness that's good but you need action from that awareness and so if you don't have the action there was really no point in the awareness and so i'm talking right now with a lot of other organizations a lot of other entities about the risk in women's health when it comes to cardiac disease so I'm going back to the cardio metabolism and I'm going back to the way that women treat themselves and how they manage their stress. And so it begins, it begins before they become young adults, it begins as a child and it might even begin, you know, before the woman is even born out of her mother. So it gets, it gets a little bit more, um, the antecedents of disease can begin while the woman is in utero, right? So when the mom, so I go way back when I counsel my patients, because a lot of heart disease is intergenerational and it's cultural and it's, it's a time and space phenomenon that's been set in from DNA, but it also exists from fetal programming from when the mom was pregnant of this woman. Then you look at like what kind of trauma informed care can you give this woman? Because heart disease doesn't happen in certain populations. If you look at certain cohorts, there's there's some populations that are not as affected. And then you look at the parenting skills and you look at how these women were raised by their mothers and what kind of support system they had. So in my population, support is very, very limited. And so it's really easy for me to pick up on all of that trauma that women have gone through. And guess what? They pass it on to their children. Mm -hmm. Right. So the women are pregnant. They have their kids. The pregnancy is planned or it's or it's, it's probably, it's desired, but probably not planned. Now she has to work full, two, two, two full-time jobs. She's probably not very well supported by her partner. Um, the partner is cool with the pregnancy, but doesn't understand what his value is in all of this because society has not given the XY chromosome its value. And so that's another war, like another, another battle that I'm gonna take on after I, I do this well, believe.co, my branding. My branding is also to support the XY chromosome because you guys are part of our of our livelihood. And if we don't have the support of our partners, and for those women that are in, in same sex or men that are you know LGBTQ, this 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 is a general application of people, right? But for 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 purposes of the discussion, I'm talking about men. Um, and I have one running around. I think that society has failed men in in teaching you guys about yeah you might not have a uterus but you're also affected mm. by the pregnancy you know you also need support you also need to be held accountable for this baby because it's part of your dna it's part of it's either you're gonna somehow you're going to feel this baby mm. and it's also part of your welcoming into this world so how do we involve the man into the prenatal care so in my clinic my partners, father, the father of the babies are always part of the discussion and I want them part of their discussion. And I ask him to get on prenatal vitamins mm -hmm. and I ask him to start, I ask him to start being healthy and I ask him to not gain too much weight. Mm -hmm. So it's like a team, right? And so for me, it's a big team approach in my clinic. It's not just all about the woman. It's about the men and the woman. And if she doesn't have a partner, then maybe her mom can be part of the discussion. But I do all of this. On purposefully to protect her heart mm. from stress. Yeah. yeah, thank you so right? much. Yeah, 
That's, yeah. That's amazing. I think you're like one of the first people I've ever talked to that actually broaden the man into the, the equation of, yes. of of parenting and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's how it should be addressed. And that greatly impacts on how this child is going to be raised from that moment forward. Because I'll give you, for example, for us, for Matt and I, uh, we grew up basically raised by, by our moms. Our dads, you know, they were rarely home. They were always at work. And you know, that, that takes a, a toll on somebody, you know, especially if, if you're a male trying to grow up in that kind of environment. So the, the male does play a very important role. And his, his role isn't just to, uh, you know, make the money, but it's also to interact with the, with the wife and a, and a child. It's a, like I said, it's, to make it a holistic approach, you got to have both the father and the mother involved of the, of the care of the child. And that's like the way everybody is going to be able to flourish uh, in that household. Yeah, and plus you bring up the whole energetic standpoint that if the the relationship is happy and they're thriving, that's the trauma and all the experience that you're putting onto the baby during that time when it's already interwoven and in conception. Yeah, and I have a, I have a question for you, Isabella. This is a little bit, I guess maybe a little bit off topic, but I want to kind of ask it anyways. Because um, when you were talking, you sound like a psychologist, psychologist slash philosopher. So this question actually came into mind. Uh, do you think the thought is more important or the action? I remember getting asked that question in one of my, one of my, um, I don't know if it was a psychology class or one of my like ethics classes. So what does your belief? Do you think the thought counts more or do you think the action itself counts more? Well, when I, as I do more of my philosoph- philosophical training, mm-hmm. um, the thoughts come from outer space. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> right so where do thoughts come from and they can they come from the ether we don't know nobody has an answer for that and thoughts are created to be acted upon and you can say well maybe i don't want to do that because there's some really really dark thoughts and then those are the ones you have to investigate a little bit further right so we all know what dark thoughts are it's, mm. it's probably has to do with the end of life or with the end, with hurting, with pain, because we weren't brought into this earth for pain. We weren't brought into this earth to to kill, because that's part of just that's not part of our earth. Our mm. our earth is abundant in its real creation. So your thoughts should be always about co-creating and creating and making better and love and being fruitful. So when you look at a a tree branch, you always look at oh my gosh, this what a beautiful tree! Like it's kept going because all the the thoughts because the tree does have to think as well um, for it to continue to grow limbs. Hmm. And so same thing for us. And so when the thoughts become toxic or the tree is no longer flourishing, that's because it didn't have any more give. Hmm. So same with us. So I, I hope I answered your question in a philosophical way. Yeah, yeah it's all good. Yeah. And, and that's what's so crazy about our human bodies that it's just a receiver of all that. If you want to, you said the astrals, right? And it's just receptive to, the thoughts and it's giving out um, inputs and outputs. And instead what we're doing is just putting a bandaid shut up there, take a pill and we're just masking our body, but it really is just receiving information of what's going on in our damn thoughts. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot just of haven't figured it out yet, but people are yeah. getting more interwoven with this concept of understanding consciousness mm-hmm. essentially. So what's happening now, you know, Columbia university even has a quantum physics um, arm to it that we're starting to dive in a little bit deeper into the metaverse. Mm -hmm. And so this is where the idea of the cosmic and the astros is that if you look at Stephen Hawking's theories and even Albert Einstein's theories, um, we've, we've all been here like so many multiple times and that's how the infinite, the infinitesimal time works. So you exist in a, in a different time space reality. We all exist in different time space realities and how I bring healing to my clients and my patients. I tell them reach 
for the woman you want to be. So if you look at my logos and you look at my Instagram, it's always about who do you want to be? Who are you? Who are you going to become? Who are you becoming? Because you already are that person, but maybe not in this time space reality. Mm -hmm. So you got to reach for that person. So we do a lot of that's where meditation comes in. That's where sitting quiet so that you can reach for that person that exists in the metaverse and you bring and you become that person. And that's what's so powerful about thinking that you could become anything, the whole quantum theory, because that electron exists there. It's just not in that time and space, but you could bring it together and harness it in this physical reality. And yeah, I, I love how we get off off topic with things, but bringing it back to conception, hormones, how important is hormone health in, for women? I love the the um, the tangents, by the way, guys. It makes it very rich. Yeah, it um, does. Uh, so hormone health is really important because that's the present moment in time, mm -hmm. right? And so elevated, not all hormone. Everybody get everybody likes to give bad raps to hormones, like testosterone's evil and cortisol's death and progesterone sucks. But like everything is essential, and there's a time space reality for all of it so we need cortisol in the morning some of us need more cortisol than others so i'm going to tell you my picture i need cortisol in order to wake up so i get up in the morning so i can stimulate my adrenal cortex to produce cortisol so that i can be alert and i can be aware i can wake up by eight o'clock in the morning if i didn't do that i'd probably be the biggest sloth on earth i'd probably wake up at noontime but I learned that, that back in my college years, my first semester of college, and I bombed my courses, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, what am I going to do to like feel better? So then my friend was like, you got to get up and work out. You got to be up by 5 o'clock in the morning. And I started doing research on that. And successful people wake up at 5 a.m., mm -hmm. right? So that's when your hormones are, are ticking and you're, you've got these amazing hormones taking place. And so hormone balance is so important and it's important for women. And so that's why the menstrual cycle is kind of like the vital sign for women. And it's so important for them to understand their flow. Mm -hmm. And I encourage an app. So when a woman becomes um, menstrual, I want them to start learning. When is their menstruation? How long does it last? Is it on time every month? because it's also gonna give us clues about how your flow is. And so right before the menstruation, women have this, many women, some don't, but we hear about premenopause or peri, sorry, we hear about premenstrual syndrome. We hear about uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder where women kind of like lose their mind and they get a little, you know, tearful or they become aggravated or we make excuses for our behavior. It's gonna, my period is gonna start and you know, we probably yell at our kids more or we find ourselves helpless during that point in time. But if we understand it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be going into the luteal phase soon. Like I better like, you know, let everybody know, <laughs> you know, Sorry, it's my change their uh, Instagram bio. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm in this phase right now. So we leave dark chocolate on yeah. the table every single night. Cool. <laughs> sure. Done. Anyways, that'd be the yeah, best so thing for like, if, if I'm going to have that, I'm going to be like, I'm going to invent something that if I, if I have a girlfriend or somebody in the future, then um, I'm going to develop something that lets them know what kind of phase they're in, just so I know on how to approach them properly with, with the right things. It's all psychology and hormone yeah, changes, right? right? <laughs> Absolutely. You need, you need to know that. And my husband's aware of it. He just has to look in the trash can and he's like, oh, damn. <laughs> you know, or like a pimple here. Mm. He's like, or, or hair loss. You start getting more mm. shedding. So there's a lot of cues 
And as you get older and then and then you arrive at menopause mm -hmm. and you're supposed to not have any more of these changes. But that's lies because we always have fat and we as long as you have ovaries in your body, um, you're always going to have cyclic rhythms, whether they're severe or not, mm. you're still going to change and you're still going to age. Mm. So there's still mm. rhythms to the body. And so you have to obey those. And the hormones come from, we can, we can relate the hormones to the chakras. And if your, your chakras are not aligned, then your hormones are not going to be aligned. Mm. You know, so you really have to understand how to rev those up. And that's where the cardio metabolism takes place. So if you keep your cells going, by supplementing good nutrition, knowing how to balance out your cardio and your weight training, mm. then your osteoclasts, your bones are going to stay strong. You're not going to be this prematurely aged individual. Mm. You know, you're going to you're going to stay strong physically longer. So it's so important to understand that you know the aging process does involve hormone health. How does because uh, we have a lot of night shift listeners and men and I are both night shift workers. How detrimental is a uh, night shift to to females because i'm sure that probably throws their hormones away way out, out of whack right because you're they're awake when they're sleeping i know it always messes with me night shift i've learned to tolerate it but i always feel a lot better when i'm on a normal day schedule than i am on night shift absolutely i mean i i cause i cause i call uh night shift workers it's it's considered an environmental pollution like it's it's part of it's part of being okay mm. so night shift work is very very hard not recommended mm. we have to be able to counsel the night shift worker on more self-care so what what does that mean that means decreasing their caffeine intake um, understanding that they're going to change their their rhythm is going to change at, at around that time and you're not going to be back to yourself for another 72 hours so you're never really back to yourself even though that day feels better um, I encourage my students to take a night shift job just for the sake of learning it and for understanding it for about a year and then to, to get out of that as fast as they can because it's going to take another year to get better. Mm. It takes a toll on your body. And if you're young, like I'm going to say less than 35, go ahead and do it. But if you're heading into like your andropause or your menopause, um, and, I'm, and I'm speaking to both to both men and women, I'm like, get get out of the night shift as fast as you can, because it's mm -hmm. gonna it's gonna prematurely age you. Mm -hmm. Use your your pineal gland, the gland inside your brain that creates that's like the master gland for the rest of your hormones doesn't ever get to release its 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 hormones, mm -hmm. its melatonin. So melatonin is really important to help rejuvenate and restart your body. That's why you essentially have to sleep so that your body can recharge. And if your pineal gland is not doing that, then your your other other body is going to be taxed. The rest of your hormones in your body is going to be taxed. So that increases your risk of a lot of issues, you know, mm. cancers, depression, thyroid disorders. 13 more weeks, Pete. Yeah, man. And That's from well. a dietary standpoint, because I know you've mentioned <laughs> it's important, what have you found to be the optimal diet or sources of food that you've consumed to be feeling the best way? So uh, I, I'm a big researcher on vitamins and supplements. And because I've, you know, I'm 42 years old and I'm trying to arrive to my day to day feeling the best, um, I'm going to say omega 3s and vitamin D. If I have to just keep two, omega 3s and vitamin D. Why those two? So why those two? You need omega 3s mm -hmm. to help reduce the, inflama the, the inflammatory markers in your body. Are they different than omega 6s? Omega-6s are really uh, not really encouraged. 
Mm -hmm. They're, they're causing the inflammation, like, I think, as a byproduct. Yeah. yeah, because we were looking at supplements a couple of days ago, right? We're like, this contains omega threes, but no omega sixes. Should you have a little bit of omega sixes and a lot of omega threes? Like, like we didn't what's know. What? Yeah, so we, we just, just figured confused. out an answer. Yeah, yeah, and then you said vitamin yeah. D, right? Because that, that's is it vitamin D responsible for a lot of hormone production as well? Yes, you need your vitamin D, hmm. and um, everybody needs at least two thousand international units of vitamin D. Yeah. And people need new injections if they don't if they don't get enough, right? Is that how it works? Is yes, that and that would be the fifty the fifty thousand. But if you're getting mm -hmm. injections because you're super low. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. But like I, is, uh, is that important for you is that somebody created vitamin D injections for you to get because you had need vitamin D to live healthily. Yeah, you need vitamin D. You need vitamin D for your mood. You need vitamin D for your hair. You need vitamin D for your bones. Hmm. Um, so it's definitely looked at more now as a hormone hmm. as anything else. So vitamin D, like I said, if you're getting injections, is because you're severely deficient. Not everybody should be taking injections because it's uh, fat soluble, and so it builds up into your system. It can lead to toxicity. So A, D, and E are three of the fat-soluble vitamins that you know take much longer for your body to dissolve them. So mm. they're not encouraged to be taken in high doses. Mm. Um, you're going to feel sick if you start taking them in very high doses. Mm. But definitely take 2,000 international units a day. It just shows you that we're solar beings, mm. essentially. We need vitamins. Yeah, thanks for saying that. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, no problem. And going back to nutrition because you mentioned your dietary supplements so what about from diet to nutrition uh so basically diet so everybody's different right um I, I i personally look and investigate i can't tell you to do this because i haven't watched your diet um i don't like to just blat like blatantly recommend mediterranean diets to everybody um, I like to counsel patients. So my methodology is to understand what your what your past looks like. And so first, I like to know what your favorite food choices are. I like to know if you are overweight or underweight. I like to know if you need more muscle, more protein in your diet. So I'll look at that. So everybody needs basic things that everybody needs are eggs, salmon, legumes. So like your lentils, your chickpeas. Um, your your multigrains, right? But then you might end up being uh, gluten intolerant, and you need like a gluten free diet. So then there's some people that have a huge amounts of inflammatory markers related to certain diets. So if you're that person who's sensitive to food, how would I know that you're sensitive to things? Um, so unnecessary weight gain, bloating, cramping. Um, you eat something and your your stomach bloats. Hmm. You start having stomach pain, nausea, vomiting. So we definitely want to do uh, like a nutrition evaluation and find out if you're allergic to corn or to yams or to what could you be building up an allergy to. Mm -hmm. um, but basically, I recommend everybody. If I'm going to be a general, if it's gonna, if it's going to be a general statement, I recommend everybody does five colors of the rainbow. Mm. So your spinach, your red peppers, your orange peppers, your zucchini. So you can load up on all the vegetables. I am never going to say no to vegetables. Your superpower, your super, your superfoods are your yams, your spinach, your like the, you know, the red, we already talked about like the red peppers, the orange peppers, the yellow peppers, your mushrooms, your shiitake mushrooms, your broccoli rob and your broccoli, right? So five colors of the rainbow and to eat clean. Mm -hmm. So again, general statements, don't cook your food as much, right? Leave mm -hmm. it a little bit crunchy because the more that you overcook, you're going to take out the vital nutrients that's mm -hmm. inside of it. So I encourage a lot of fresh foods, fresh salads, 
you add your kidney beans or your chickpeas on top of your spinach, try to make your home dressing, which is what vinegar and oil with a little mm. bit of salt and some spices, load up on all the turmeric that you want have all the garlic that you want. I'm never going to tell you no to that. Mm. Um, so the number one staple that I like totally shrink my nose at is red beef. Even if you are anemic, you can get your, your iron sources from someplace else. I would say dairy, dairy and red beef are two things that like, I kind of like shrink my nose at mm. somebody who loves ice cream and, you know, red beef and steak. You, you should just give us some consulting right now because we have all three yeah. of those and they get consumed quite frequently. I'm going to tell you our, our <laughs> most cons consumed food in a house is for sure going to be steak. 100%. We literally eat and in Texas, we literally ate steak literally like four days a week, four or five, probably four because we did, we did one day of chicken and one day of seafood. So we probably did five days of, of steak. So why is it bad? And I, I'm the kind of guy that likes steak and I really love milk. Like I could drink milk whenever. And this goes back to yoga, right? Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, yoga is very Sanskrit and they don't believe that you should be eating animal products. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the disease process and you look at the Western diet, what causes disease can be dairy because it comes from cows. Mm -hmm. And you know how in India the cows are holy? Yeah. It, like one day it was just like, oh, no wonder. Mm -hmm. You know? But then, but then again, in India, isn't also, um, isn't obesity become an issue there too? Just, I mean, they don't eat beef. So, like, my my, my I think they have a diabetic issue. So, um, yeah, my it's genetic. Yeah, genetic. Yeah. So, my thing on on food is, as I was, we were told a very interesting thing that changed my mind about a lot of things back in Colorado. Because man, I used to be vegan back in the day. We took a trip, Six to, months we trip to the Colorado with a bunch of friends, <laughs> saw some cows, watched a documentary, and we're like, no more meat, dairy, nothing. We're being vegan. And then we're at a vegan like store and we're like hey are, are you vegan and the guy's like no man i eat everything under the sun and i'm like oh you know all this stuff on, on this earth maybe it's been not every single thing on this earth but the stuff that we produce food out of maybe that's meant for us to be to be eaten but like, i believe in environmental friendly things where i understand that that a cow can feel pain and it, you know it should live a right way before we take it to slaughter like kind of almost like the kosher way but i be i believe in you know that the animal should be taking care of property. You believe properly. in a happy cow. I believe in a happy cow. Like, and the thing is, when we, and I feel like when I eat steak from a cow that's happy, that that's happy to live, live this, spend this time on Earth. I feel like like that gives me more energy, and I feel better than like a non USDA organic steak where it's just kind of like just from random cow. And I feel like 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 almost like I know cows are are these beings, but I feel like and even chickens. There's two chickens is more of a nicer <laughs> way. I feel like a lot of people eat more, eat more chicken than, than beef. But I feel like a chicken's purpose almost at this point of time is almost to be eaten by us. Like I understand that at one point there's wild chickens and all that. But I feel like one of chicken's purpose in life is to be eaten by us because we're of where it is on a totem pole, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same, yeah way, same way if a lion catches me slipping, you know, if I'm walking through a forest, it's going to take advantage. It's, it's fair game, take. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I can't blame it because it's just – just how it is psychologically psychologically like it's, it's brain it's brain is, is just made to survive and just to eat because it's the king of the jungle but like i feel like us we have that mindset as well because technically we are king of the jungle too but we're also sympathetic and can relate to other beings uh and, and animals so yeah back to the education on uh, red meat and dairy <laughs> 
And, but guess what, right? Everything in moderation and nothing in excess. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm going to go to a steakhouse, I'm going to enjoy that steak in that point in time. Yes. Right. And if it's going to cause that much stress to have no red beef in my diet, then I'm counteracting the benefits. Mm -hmm. It's like my mom, she smokes freaking a pack a day and she's 70, going to be 80 years old. She looks amazing. Um, she smokes and she drinks mm -hmm. and she, and like that's her thing. And yeah. if she doesn't do that, she gets stressed, right? She hasn't had COVID, doesn't be, doesn't believe in being vaccinated. Uh, am I okay with that? No. Do I preach to her about it? I can't because mm -hmm. uh, she she can hang up always. Um, but that's the, her beliefs and I respect those beliefs. So you also have to have boundaries. So you mm -hmm. can't be scary. So and what I mean by that, I have nutritionists, uh, naturopaths that tell their patients, you have to take your supplements every day. If you don't take your supplements every day, you know, you're going to increase your risk of blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you start to be a fear monger and you start to talk to your patients in such a way that you're inducing fear and you're inducing the stress response, you're not being therapeutic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and even if that point, and, and I like that you brought that up because like on the news, all you see is fear, fear, fear. And I, and I'm a firm believer that if, if you're feared and you're on that lower wavelength, you're going to give yourself disease because it's the whole holistic approach where, yeah, it matters about what you eat and what you do, but also matters about what you think. Psychoimmunology, mm. that connection. Yeah. And it's scary exactly. to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be happy. Mm. You have to be happy about life. Mm. And there has to be a balance, right? It's like, like I, can't, I can't be a stiff and always like be preaching health all yeah. the time. And, you know, this bad's going to happen to you. You're going to get cavities. You're going to, you know, you're going to die. You're going to wrinkle. Mm. You know, there has to be a balance. And you have to, you just have to let people live their lives, everything in moderation, nothing in excess, understand your risk factors. Mm. And like I said, wake up every day, move, you know, take your breath in, open your heart, stretch it out, let it go, learn how to forgive, move on. Mm. Right? So everything I in moderation. Yeah. I think that's a really big key takeaway because everything should be moderation because I think people understand the basic concept of, oh, hey, if you exercise too much, that's bad for you. If you're too picky about your diet, that's bad for you as well. But I feel like people don't have a good concept of this when it comes to time. If you think about, about your time and you want to keep it balanced because majority of people live their life in, you could say, flight or flight where they're ready to go. They're always doing something. They're always with somebody and they're never alone. So a lot of people have an imbalance of, of that because they don't understand that being around everybody and never giving time to yourself, that's almost like the negative ego in you. And you need something on the other spectrum to balance it out. So yeah. that's, I, I feel like time is a really, and taking time for yourself is a really big key and really big solution to a lot of people's problems out there. And so that's why I encourage baths. Mm. Yeah, me too. I, 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 do, I do baths all the time. Like ba baths in my bath with some bath? Epsom salt. Bath. You said baths, right? Like to, to bath. Yeah. You, you need hot bath. Yeah. Sorry, my Alexa was going off randomly. Yeah. So I was so confused. <laughs> yeah. <wrong>? Yeah. <laughs> but baths, hundred percent. I always do a bath with with Epsom salt, and that's like the most refreshing thing ever. Yeah. So I encourage baths once weekly for my patients, and I, and that tells me if you're not taking. So a couple of things that I ask my patients is to give me a list of ten things they absolutely love. I don't care what it is. It could be the bracelet they're wearing, drinking coffee in the morning. Just shoot me 10 things you absolutely love. Like you should be able to spit them out. Okay. 10 things you, you absolutely love, you love to do. Like things are gonna change your mood instantly just thinking about them. Mm. Puppies, rainbows, give me 10 things. And a lot of people will be stumped and they're, they're like, uh. Mm. So 10 things you absolutely love, 
three things you love to do, right? Mm. 10 of your favorite foods that you can eat every day. Mm. Stick to those because those are going to keep you young uh, because your body can metabolize them faster. Your body knows how to read them. And it's like date. It's like reading the same book over and over and over mm. again. Yeah. How important is, is gut health then uh, to just the female anatomy and just the female health of, overall? The microbiome is absolutely essential there's over 100 trillion cells that we need to keep alive so going back getting going back in and out because that's what we do really well you guys um we we go into the neurons and then now we're diving back in is the gut health so when you look at who we are we're nothing but bacteria we're we're just a big thriving swarm of bacteria mm. and if our bacterial overgrowth in our belly or, or the bacteria is not growing to help us stay alive and thrive then it's going to turn on us and that's where our autoimmune disease will come from mm. so we got to keep the bacteria on our bodies of which we're largely made up of really happy so that's why there's uh, prebiotics and then there's probiotics right so the prebiotic feeds the probiotic the prebiotic prepares the good home for the good bacteria to thrive more mm -hmm. and by keeping your gut young because as we age the reason why we age is because our gut doesn't absorb nutrients the way that it should um we we stay younger longer right mm -hmm. so what does that mean all of us produce collagen all of us produce hyaluronic acid you'll find those in beauty creams and um and different serums and now women are injecting the hell out of their lips and their cheekbones and everything with these chemicals but if you learn how to produce continuously produce them in your gut because your gut health and the microbiome is intact you're not going to age as fast mm -hmm. so what do you do about that you want to eat things like honey yogurt um, lacto, lac, like the cultural, the lactobacillus, you mm -hmm. can have those in capsules. And then there's a diverse kind of bacteria that's made only for you. It's created for you. So you are your bacteria mm -hmm. and, um, it helps to reduce the inflammatory markers in your body. So you have to keep them healthy. And so the number two sabotagers would be alcohol and caffeine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Damn. That, that makes a lot of sense because, because it revs up the, the other nervous systems. Have you ever heard of Viome? I haven't heard of Viome, okay. but it sounds familiar. I, I, I don't know what it what it actually is. Is it like probiotics? So it's a test that Matt took, our friend Luke and myself. It's actually, um, they send you a little little kit. And it's like a, like a stool testing kit that you send them back, back some poop. And they also take your blood. And, and they're supposed to measure you out like all different types of back, uh, gut bacteria that, that you have. What foods you should be eating? What are your power foods? What what foods are you lacking in and you should introduce because of certain bacterial growth? And what foods to completely avoid because how it's impacting you? That's amazing. Yeah. You can get it through Rupa Health. Rupa Health. So Rupa Health mm. is like an online lab. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of it. No. Um, but partner with Rupa Health. Mm. It's just a matter of me taking my time and connecting my patients and having more testimonials on my website. Mm -hmm. um, but Rupa Health has eliminated me to have a lab like I don't need a lab I don't okay. need a phlebotomist so if I was to be seeing you as a client mm -hmm. I would recommend the same thing but then uh, I would send Rupa Health your your text like a like hey this is my patient mm -hmm. 
please reach out to him. And they would send you a kit with everything that we talked about and like my health plan for you. And mm. they take care of all the blood work. So it's kind of the same concept. They'll do the stool testing, they'll do the NutriVal, and then they'll get back to me with results. And then you and I can connect at a later date mm. to talk about what group of findings were. And all, you know, uh, you, you work in nursing. So a lot of these labs go to go to a group, they go to like an outside lab. Mm -hmm. So group of health is part of all of those conglomerates. Oh, interesting. That's pretty cool. And can you only get that through a prescription or can people just, anybody could just go on and get one of those? So you can go to Quest Direct. Mm -hmm. You can go to Rupa Health. These labs are starting to come up everywhere. Mm. Um, and and you, you can, you, now it's direct to consumer. Yeah, that, that's, that's mind blowing because wow. before you couldn't get any kind of these tests at all without going to your doctor. And it's like they, it's like these, these, labs and these tests that are in healthcare, they're figuring out how they could spin it to go directly to the consumer because that was not available 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 no. years ago. No, that was not available. This is something new that's that's emerging. That's why you see also a lot of like these uh, wellness clinics, like these clinics that, that offer prevention because prevention is the most important thing. If you don't want to, if, if you don't want to die from cancer or die from a heart attack well then guess what the the way you, you do that is not by getting a heart attack and getting treated for it the way you do that is by preventing it yep. and that's where that disconnect also is happening through western medicine where it's like we're just treating it we're not preventing it because that's where the business is exactly mm. exactly and i'm not drinking wine guys i'm drinking palm juice oh just so that you I was about to, I was gonna ask, man. And I also had a, we were looking at we were at a store, and I don't know why UTIs came in came into this or, or, or what. But this cranberry juice, Virgin cranberry juice, does that change the pH of urine and actually prevent uh, like UTIs? Yes, there's some like yeah. complicated, controversial studies that say yes, no, maybe mm -hmm. so, and that's with anything. It just depends on the N and the end result, the statistical significance mm -hmm. behind it. And for now, the latest research points to yes it does help mm. it helps to create like an acidic barrier to bacteria and it doesn't it prevents it from clinging on to the tissues mm. so i recommend cranberry juice as, as as primary um prevention to women and and recurrent utis and also urinating after sex mm. so yeah okay. it's really important. okay that so that sense. solves the uh myth that we had yeah when it comes to wrapping things up here so a lot of what we do habitually comes down to the beliefs and how we see things so how do we empower people to become the superheroes of their own journey their own lives and change their beliefs what do you think is the best way to tackle that oh my gosh you hit on such an important topic because yesterday i spoke to to a woman and i'm, I'm really big on listening to my patient stories and um I hear the victim story a lot of the times, right? It's like, oh, they hurt me. My delivery sucked. I hated it all. It was a terrible memory. I don't ever want to talk about my delivery. It's just a bad memory and it causes me a lot of stress. And then they start crying and then you automatically like label that as PTSD. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. And I do validate the feelings. I'm like, hey, everything you went through is absolutely true. Let's give you some time to heal. Let's talk about three different ways that you could have turned the story around of how you said it. So it's all the narrative, right? So how do you talk about your story? Are you the victim or are you the superhero? And this is part of my method. My believe method is like when I'm talking to my patients, let's start with your narrative. Tell me about yourself. Like, I just want to hear 
give me give me where you come from tell me about your childhood and i think that one person at a time and again through social media if we start to learn how to stop that narrative of i'm a victim they hurt me i i can now feel self-pity um which is all it's all validated but you have to change the narrative to i rose up yes i was probably raped and sexually molested by my uncle and when you hear these terrible stories right so it's like it's like oh yeah how couldn't i not feel like being a victim because everybody has their own trauma story yeah. or you didn't get the barbie you wanted for christmas and that really fucked you up right yeah. sorry for the f-bomb <laughs> but you didn't get you didn't get the toys because your dad was an alcoholic and he got you this this Barbie or or whatever. Right. Your parents were alcoholics or or you didn't or you went to public school and your public school is very bad. Everybody has their trauma, um, but it's how you deliver the narrative. And so I think that you teach people if they have a victimized narrative. You empower them with the superhero narrative. So how you ask me, how do you teach them? You have to bring in them for sessions so that they can start seeing themselves as the superhero. And you encourage them to change the wording, right? So you start adding better vocabulary to to the description of who they are. So we're going into therapy now. And yeah, um, yeah we're heading into the therapy route. And so it's how you see yourself. It's how you envision yourself. And so as as a healer, your approach would be to help that person uh, rewrite their narrative of, of, of themselves into how they're a superhero. Mm -hmm. So yes, this happened to you, but how can you now become the superhero? So now you talk about your experience and now you help people see it through your perspective, your eyes, and you see that you're still here and you're, you're now causing more, you're, you're part of the education. You're part of the delivery of reducing that trauma. And it's not putting a band-aid over it it's talking about what happened to you and why you you became a better person from that and how you're going to prevent that from happening to others mm -hmm. right so it's like now you have to be the agent of change mm -hmm. yeah I, I that's that's really good so like the way i, I almost see when you when you talk about it is is like having a person if, if like a patient or, or a friend or, or anybody uh they come in with like a struggle and it's almost like yeah, that struggle could be tough, but imagine not to. It could be a very. This could be a very detrimental thing. So I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to be too specific. But like, uh, somebody comes in and they need help with like a struggle. So what I like to typically address is like, yeah, this happens to you. It's very unfortunate, but know that this happens to you for almost like a reason. And this only happens to you because the the universe, God, or whatever the belief is, it allowed it to happen to you because it know that's going to make you a better person. And it and this thing knows that you're going to be able to come out of this uh, safely and safe and sound. So it's almost like instead of that person being a a victim to to what had happened, it's almost like you said, it, like the, like the hero of it. Yeah, this happened to me. Like for example, uh, with Spider Man. Yeah, the he got bitten bitten by a spider, which nobody wants to get bitten by a spider. A lot of pain. It could have went all these crazy ways. But guess what? By being bitten by a spider, he now has the ability to do all, all this. So now you went through th this struggle in your life. Use that struggle not as a weakness and associate that person as like almost them being stronger than you or overpowered by you. But, but take that situation as is and use that to your advantage and make make it into a story that that you come out of it as a better person or somebody else does. So take it as a weakness and flip around to a strength and help others 
go through certain situations. Does that make sense? A little bit of a rant, but that's how I usually explain to to people sometimes. It's true. It's, yeah. it's like it's Jeff Bezos and Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. They took their trauma and they took it someplace else, and now look where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, Brene Brown. They're all amazing people, and so they took their traumas and they made it into something more significant. And everybody who had everybody who I've seen champion something, it comes from a. Their passion comes from a trauma, something that really took them down under, but yet they were able to move and progress upward from that. Yeah, it's like it like flips. It's almost like the your shittiest moment in life, shittiest moment in, in time. You you embrace that moment, you go through it, and then on the flip end, over some time, that all that negativity and that sadness and that anger that got associated with that point in time, it gets flipped. So all this happiness and success. So the 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 worse the shit is, the better it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, and that and it, it's pretty funny that you said that because sometimes you do take a shit and you're like, damn, all right, cool, I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's so funny, yeah. <laughs> and and just to add on, it's definitely a powerful journey when somebody becomes that aware that they're cha- changing the story, the belief of what their body's telling them mm-hmm. because that trauma is just. It's just associated feelings and thoughts to something that happened, but you're changing the narrative. And that takes a lot of self-awareness. Like if you're thinking about a camera, you're dropping the rates really low to tap into that story that's playing in the background the whole entire yeah. time in your life. It's really tough, but when, you, when you're yeah. able to harness it, you know, you come out like, you're just like, wow, where, yeah, once you get part of the hard route and you start enjoying life and you start seeing it for actually what it is, not the fog that it that portrays, you're just like, wow, why can't I have been this, why can't I, be here sooner but that's just the process some people experience that that flip switch at the age of 18 some people experience it at, in their 20s in their 60s 50s 70s before death but then it's like who like why can i have seen it sooner it's because you weren't ready to see it see it sooner you wouldn't be i have this eye-opening aha moment without all that struggle that, that you went before this moment yeah and some people don't ever see it mm. but that's what we have to strive for as healers and i think that our society will become so much better mm. Yeah. Yesterday I interviewed this woman, Bernadette Henry, and she's a jump roper. She's made an entire um, business out of jump roping. And I invite you guys to listen to the live. It was amazing because she took jump roping into a whole nother level. Yeah. And uh, it's it's helped her cure herself, heal herself. And jump, just the word jump is super meaningful um, and how she progresses herself forward. So every time she jumps over the cord, she's jumping over hurdles okay. and their emotional hurdles so i was like wow jump roping is so healing like i didn't for me it's it's hard to jump rope because i lose my train of thought if you guys can know i take you into a lot of different dimensions of of life i take you into the yoga into the breath work into the vagal nerve and neurons and health and cellular metabolism so i'm i'm a very well-rounded um so jump roping can you imagine you have to stay fixed on a point and you got to do it over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, you got you got to be on point, or else you're going to trip over the cord. Yeah, that, that's so, so deep. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a beautiful analogy, and so 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 useful to me, who needs to always like bring it back. Yeah. You know, and I always can, have to bring. And you can find a meaning in anything. Yeah, that's just, just so simple. Yeah, that just shows you how beautiful and complex the mind is. Where you could someone could look at a jump rope and associate the word jump and actually jump roping can give you that much that much joy and satisfaction that just that, that jumper itself and jumping just gives you what you need. No no other 
no other organism could do that. Where's that energy? Uh, that energy is being self-generated. Yeah, that's it's a, wild. It's a crazy so concept. imagine how hard you could tap in. People that that are depressed, that are that are sad. All it could really take is just you giving time to yourself and just tapping in. Hey, where where is these? Where's this sadness coming from? Is it something that happened to my childhood? What, what's what's actually making me sad and feeling this way? It's a whole other podcast. Yeah. I think it's it should a come. Whole your, other yeah, yeah, I think it should come here weekly. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I have to do all of this and I have to always um, pivot my healing because my patients come from so so many different realms. I have, I'm not Chinese. I have patients that have terrible trauma that come from China, mm. um, from like where their moms used to beat them. And I have patients that are French and I have patients that are from, you know, South Africa or, 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 um, um, I'm trying to think of this country that I just took. So, so where I'm looking in New York City, mm -hmm. the trauma that I've experienced through my patients is so worldwide that it, it's always this sameness in humanity. And we have to be kind to each other, even when you're a parent, you know. So this this childhood trauma will really weigh on adults. Mm -hmm. It yeah. goes into it goes into lifelong trauma. Right? It's really important to help people heal. Mm -hmm. I think we're healers. And what you're doing with your podcast is amazing. And that's a beautiful part of being on and talking is trying to help people and make the world a better place one time, one conversation at a time. Mm. But where, where can uh, people find you, Isabella? Okay, so doctor dot, at doctor dot Isabel Bogdan. So I'm on Instagram. Instagram's my home. I have thought about making TikTok a little bit bigger, but I have to think about how I'm going to do that. Um, because, you know, TikTok is, is, for me, it's messy. There's mm. so much stuff going on in TikTok. So I have to really pick my hashtags and understand where I'm going in the world of TikTok. Um, but Instagram, like I said, I love my Instagram channel. And um, you can find me at Believe.co. That's my brand. And my brand takes care of women. And we talk about keeping women healthy from ages 12 to 95 with the cherry on top. So now I'm doing the aesthetics component of it all. I'm not sure if we talked about it before, but I'm starting to work with lasers hmm. and um that's been an amazing experience. So I think the next time we should talk about laser rejuvenation on the skin. Yeah, that. And okay. are you familiar with Botox? Yes. Okay, we so should definitely talk about that too. Yeah. Talk about the different toxins. We should talk about um, dermal fillers, mm -hmm. risks, benefits, and alternatives. And uh, for me, the best modality for staying young is the YAG laser, the 1064. Um, you can do lip rejuvenation. Uh, you, you do all kinds of beauty transformations. You can remove wrinkles, literally erase them. Uh, and and I am a firm believer. I'm a firm believer of the laser. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Isabella. Non-toxic. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Isabella, for your time. Really appreciate you. Thank you for hopping back on here. And we're looking forward to see more of you in the future. Mm -hmm.